welcome to the Faith Seeking Understanding podcast. I'm Roland, this is Matt, and we're busy going through Proverbs. So in the last episode, we just finished uh, a three-episode run talking about Proverbs 1 to 9, which is sort of the uh, introduction or the preface uh, to the book. And now we're starting to delve into the Proverbs themselves. And I think one of the things, or the main thing we want to get out of the next few episodes is to help you guys... Um, think about how to read the Proverbs as Christians um, uh, and, you know, have them impact your life. Because I, I think it can be quite tempting to read them and be like, cool, that's a thing that I read and then move on with your life, right? Um, but that's not how they were originally intended. And I, I think to some extent, the fact that we, uh, that's our natural response to them is an indication that we've moved away from the the, the way that, you um, living life properly has been thought about by God's people. Yeah. And so our aim here um, is to sort of reorientate that, recenter recent it um, around the way it was intended to be read and understood and lived out. Make sense? Yeah. Okay. So where would be a good place to start with that, I guess, is uh, uh, the, in, the relationship between proverbs or wisdom more broadly and what we tend to call ethics or morality today. Yeah. Because I think it's fair to say that Christians want to be moral people, right? They want, because they think God is the source of morality yeah. and they want to please him. And so they, we want to do, we want to live moral lives. Mm. Um, but our thinking about the relationship between idea, moral ideas like good and bad, good and evil, sinful, righteous, and um, wisdom and folly, I think is a bit, confused these days that that's fair <laughs> I'd, I'd say so yeah we sort of put those in into two different camps i think um at least the way that we seem to talk about them most often you've got ethics talking about right and wrong what you should do what you shouldn't do the commands the instructions um and you've got wisdom the optional extras yeah the the weird in between yeah yeah i i've you often sometimes hear it about it like if someone's uh giving you guidance on something right and they're they're trying to suggest what to do but they don't want to say like well if you don't do what i say then that's a sin yeah they say this is not a sin issue this is a wisdom issue it's a gray area it's a gray it's area. black and white yeah it's Somewhere in between. Yeah, I think that's a the black and white we tend to reserve. That's like where morality is on either end. And then the gray area in the middle is like, listen, you can go either way with this and it won't be a sin. Um, and and so we call that wisdom. It sort of reminds me of those MasterCard adverts where you've got like um, this thing, $12. This thing, $14. This thing, $120. Um, there's some things that, um, oh, and then like the, the punchline is always this thing priceless. There's some things that money can't buy for everything else. There's MasterCard. It seems like, like you've got, um, there's some things, um, that are clear in the Bible. There are some things that are very clearly right and wrong for everything else. There's matters of wisdom. You're right. It's the, the catch all for things that aren't, aren't clearly it's not obvious which way to go, so there probably isn't a right answer, and you can sort of do what seems like it's going to lead to the best results. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So now, so so 
I mean, you can kind of see where people are coming from with this distinction, right? Like that you don't want to confuse, you don't want to conflate like the intuitions of man with the instructions of God. Right. Right. And if there's no clear case, then it's like, well, it's going to involve interpretation. Uh, and so, yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to conflate those two things. And so we keep them as far apart as we possibly can. Right. I think the problem is that uh, a language of wisdom and folly, right, is <laughs> it's tied up with listening to God and not listening to God. I mean, yeah. we've seen that a lot now in, in the discussion of one to nine. Like yeah. wisdom means, well, it starts with fearing the Lord, right? It's the first fruits of it. And the main source of wisdom is God's instructions for how to live. Yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're not doing that, then you're sinning. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, it seems like a really simple move to make. Yeah. Um, not to mention the fact that uh, righteousness and wisdom are often uh, connected with one another. Um, I don't know if I can find an example of that. Do you, do you have an example in, in Proverbs that talks about that? Off the top of my head, I think chapter 10 or 11 has a few back to back. Um Ill-gotten treasures have no lasting value, but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hand bring diligent hands bring wealth. Um, which is also which is all sort of given a slant. Uh, he goes on, but it's all sort of given a slant by the first verse there that the wise son bring, mm. brings joy to his father, the foolish son brings grief to his mother. So there's this um, wisdom and folly. Um, the good, the bad, and let's see how that plays out with a string of proverbs that seem to talk about righteousness and good and bad behavior, lazy and productive behavior, all of this sort of like quite closely intertwined. Yeah, and if I go down to 10 verse 30 and 31, the righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not dwell in the land. Now that might seem a bit of a weird thing to say. Uh, well, how does that talk about wisdom? But as we saw in chapter two, the way that you stay in the land is by listening to wisdom. Yeah. Right? So he's just saying the same thing now, but he's using righteous in the place of wisdom mm. and wickedness in the place of folly. Um, and then the very next verse, the mouth, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse and tongue will be cut off. So there's like a direct connection between the two. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a bit, it's a bit difficult to make, to hold this distinction in hand. However, yeah. I think... It, in rejecting it, in rejecting this distinction between, okay, there's non-moral wisdom for the gray area and there's moral uh, actions for the black and white areas, right? And okay, now we're saying, no, 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 that's not right. Mm. Wisdom and morality, they're the same, they're covering the same things um, and they apply both in the black and white areas as well as the gray areas. Yeah. Um, we do have to do, like, justice, I guess. <laughs> we do have to do justice to the intuition that, like, it is more difficult in the gray areas than in the black and white areas. So, like, how do, how does the how do we think about that? Yeah, I, I mean, the one thing that that this is going to seem like a little bit of a side route, but I, I think it's going to get to to what we're talking about. Um, in a previous episode, we spoke about Solomon's wisdom. Yeah, and how Solomon was incredibly wise in building a kingdom that was in diametric opposition to God's blueprint. <laughs> That didn't stop being wisdom. Yes, and that's a good we, point. We had to acknowledge that actually wisdom is not inherently righteous. Um, that wisdom can be oriented towards um, pursuing one one's own ends. It's just 
I guess, pursuing those ends very well. Um, what Proverbs, what, what we saw with Proverbs is that it's, um, it's not completely ditching that idea as if um, there's this whole other perspective here. What Proverbs is doing is it, it sets the agenda early on to say that um, in your pursuit of wisdom, make sure that it's Torah shaped. Mm. Make sure that its first fruits look like the fear of the Lord and that it terminates in um, the sort of character that God wants to see cultivated in his people. Um, righteousness, justice, equity, um, which will in turn lead to long life in the land and, and um, the the blessing that we would expect from um, a book like Deuteronomy. So when bringing it, when kind of bringing this into the question of, of wisdom and ethics, with that as our starting point, I think it looks like doing right and wrong doing um righteous righteousness justice and fairness well doing uh, pursuing those ends and that sort of character with wisdom means doing it skillfully that i think is one way that we can start to think about it mm -hmm. that we're faced with life's complexities that mm -hmm. we're going to be given situations where well um this explicit command seems to say one thing this explicit command seems to say another thing and actually what to do isn't clear. That doesn't mean that there isn't a right answer. Yeah, that they aren't accountable to some extent. Yeah, but that does mean that we've got some figuring out to do and wisdom is going to help us do that. Yeah. I think, yeah, a big a big thing that kind of gets in the way when it, when, with us thinking about this is that we want to put a label. So say we do something. So you're in a situation and you do something, right? And now we want to put that into a category. We want to put it into a box. Either yeah. you did a good thing or you did a bad thing. And yeah. if it's good, it's entirely good. And if it's bad, it's entirely bad. Yeah. Um, and that works when you're thinking about morality in terms of black and white, right? Because yeah. then that's what the black and white meets, right? Yeah. Um, but when you're in the gray area, it's not that we throw out morality. It's that you have to you have to nuance the way that you think about uh, the good and bad and things. You can you have to realize that things can be a mixture of good and bad. Like you can give some advice to your friend. Uh, and in the course of giving advice that's very uplifting, insult them accidentally, right? Yeah. Did you do a good or a bad thing? Yes. Right? <laughs> you did both. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you, you helped them to see things in a new way, but you did so in a way that could be better, yeah. right? And so then wisdom is help. Wisdom is a... I like the idea of skill. Like wisdom mm -hmm. is saying, okay, well, I'm going to develop um, a skill set where in the beginning I'm probably going to suck. Like any skill, I'm probably going to suck and it's going to be, you know, but I'm going to be able to reflect on those cases that will make sure good and bad and in the future do better with the, the, the proportion, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm probably never going to get to, uh, I mean, often the times you're never going to get to 100% good just because of the complexities of life or the, the, the variety of circumstances you can find yourself in. They're not always going to be one-to-one. -one. Yeah. But like wisdom is you learning, you, you taking that Torah perspective looking at how things worked out and then iterating on that and mm -hmm. saying, cool, I'm going to um, develop a better skill. So that by the time you get to like 30, 40, 50, you're finding that you're able to navigate those complicated things a lot more carefully, yeah. um, a lot more with, you know, not stepping on any landmines or anything like that. That's going to, that, yeah. that are all over the place. And you can see this, I think, when you see someone who's really skillful, who's who's clearly good at things, like whether they're in a meeting at work 
or they're about particularly when they're breaking news to someone or when they're dealing with uh very difficult things like maybe a friend has lost a loved one mm -hmm. and it's like well how do i talk about it and like in the beginning you're like well i'll just say what would be helpful to me mm -hmm. right but then over time you realize people are quite different yeah and so then the first thing that the wiser person does is they learn to figure out what kind of person they're talking to so that they can help them in the way that suits them the best yeah now does the person who is doing that in the beginning taking care of their friend like are they doing something bad well yes if they're hurting their feelings a lot in the course of doing it but yeah or yes to the extent that they're hurting their feelings yeah yeah but no the intention the, is good yes but, but no to the extent that they are still making some kind of help and they you know their their friend is able to recognize that there's someone there that cares about them and yeah wants to hear their pain and so on like that so yeah it's i think there's a yeah it's it's a it's a tricky thing but i i think the idea of um oh morality can't be applied to the gray areas because we can't label things as entirely good or entirely bad it's like kind of yeah. you've kind of lost the point there right yeah 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 one of the things i think this means is that right and wrong or how we think about ethics is a hang of a lot more pervasive than i think we're used to talking about when we talk about ethics i think it's very easy for us to latch on to the um the big topics yeah murder yeah. lying um adultery uh the sorts of things that we find in the ten commandments or the things that we'd find in the law um yeah the the difficult ethical decisions yeah. that are few and far between in life mm. like yeah 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 um, the the sort of things that we can legislate on with with some reasonable degree of um, effectiveness, you can't legislate on every bit of the minutia of life. But there's some things that we can say, well, no, that's wrong, and so there's a there's a sort of attachment to it that no, if you do that, then this is what happens to you. Mm -hmm. um, but if if we're saying that no, right and wrong, or um, the the extent to which we can think of something in terms of ethics or right and wrong is um also encompasses the the various stages along the way in terms of wisdom and and how well we're doing it well actually that means that there's a lot more to be taken into account right yeah totally uh, i mean you yeah it's, it's your day-to-day -day decisions your everyday decisions that yeah i mean yeah sure there's a lot that can go into that right and i i think as you as you're pointing out, I, I mean, that that's pretty much what Proverbs covers. Yeah. It does every now and then uh, cover big things. Um, you know, like uh, I see here, a false balance is the abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. That's pretty easy, right? You gave the guy the right amount of change or like, you know, you valued the item correctly or you yeah. don't. Okay, cool. Black and white. I get it. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but like, there's plenty of other decisions you make during your life. Like, how do I spend my free time? Uh, like, where do I go to my friend's house? Is procrastination a sin? Is procrastination a sin? Yeah. I mean, that's a favorite for me because the amount of times that in the course of an average week, particularly when I was studying, the amount of times I would hear in the course of an average week somebody parading their procrastination like it was an Olympic sport. Right. Like, oh, I'm, I need to start this assignment, but oh, I'm procrastinating so hard. <laughs> you're wearing that like a badge of honor man. yeah 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 i feel like i feel like your your emotions are wrong <laughs> like yeah. you gotta gotta feel a different thing there yeah um it also affects like 
it's not just the decisions, right? Because as we've been saying, if, if wisdom is a skill and wisdom is a factor in morality, then it also, it's a, an important thing about how do you develop that skill? Mm. So you can, a decision can be good or bad, not necessarily because it has a direct influence, but it could have an indirect influence on the way that your character, it, it builds your character. Yeah. Um, it influences, I mean, we discussed this when, before we were in the podcast, we discussed mm. this a bit, but like, it influences the kinds of friends you surround yourself with. If you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, then like, there's a proverb about that. Oh yeah? Uh, I just saw it earlier before we hit the record button. Um, oh, it's here in front of me. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. Okay. So, I mean, in, in fact, there's the, um, depending on how you how you translate that the NIV actually has a footnote that if my virtual bible also has footnotes yeah um as water reflects the face so others reflect your heart back to you uh-huh. i mean depending on how you carve that up in the hebrew yeah. um that's quite telling that's right that's quite i telling. mean either way Right, because your heart isn't just this or that action. It's yeah. your character, and yeah. your character doesn't get formed in a day. It's not like a movie where there's one moment that defines who you are for the rest of the movie, kind of thing. Right? It's it's the sum of all the tiny choices you make throughout the day. Yeah. Um, and so, either way, it's the relationship between your friends or the relationship between your past actions. Like, yeah, yeah. There's there's actually either in either case, there's still that inner self that will show itself in um you know the course of one's life um and that also needs to be cultivated i mean it also i mean probably also speaks to some of the the more i guess trivial things so we could um that we might think of that again don't sound like they should be in a conversation about ethics yeah so proverbs um 25:17 seldom set foot in your neighbor's house too much of you and they will hate you <laughs> i mean is that not the truest thing you've ever heard yeah <laughs> but like you, you you wouldn't necessarily think of that in the way that we usually talk about morality you wouldn't necessarily think of that as a moral issue mm-hmm. but it speaks to the way that we treat each other and sensitivity towards um having somebody else in 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 your space and how that might make you feel or yeah i think about i think what's difficult about that from the sort of what we call it the modern moral standpoint if we will uh the black and white moral standpoint is that it doesn't resolve down to an individual action Mm. right like the number of times i see my friend in a week isn't a choice i make like it it isn't an individual choice it's sort of like accumulation of like oh i i want to have fun i want i i like person x let me go hang out at person x's house yeah that's not bad that's a good thing to say but it's like, it's being aware that they could get sick of you or like you could become a burden to them or there's a whole bunch of other things that can be a player there that you need to factor into the the the, the life of your friendship, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have another one here, which is pretty, yes, pretty obvious. Um, <laughs> so like 10 verse 4, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. It's like work hard and you'll get rewarded and... Don't yep. work hard and you won't get rewarded. Yeah. And that's not always the case, unfortunately. But like yeah. as a general principle. Proverbs and promises. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's a nice thing. Um, 
That's a problem. The- Is it really? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> um, the- that would have been a great way to start problems. The, yeah. <laughs> the Proverbs of Solomon. Proverbs aren't promises. Let me just get that out the way. Make that disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. Although, can you imagine how many people would be like, well, okay, then I'm not reading this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, Proverbs aren't promises, but that actually tends to, that tends to halt. Yeah. If you put in the effort, generally, you'll see the results. If you don't, you probably won't. But then, so how then, okay, so let's take that one as an example. How do you think about that in terms of morality? terms of ethics i mean that sounds like my procrastination comment earlier oh yeah yeah that's that a good point actually if you procrastinate well what are you doing there that sounds like a pretty slack hand um i think there's a there's an interesting aspect here that comes up if you think about this in terms of the categories of wisdom and folly that we were talking about before mm-hmm. right so i mean from one to nine because on if you if you break it up into like the wisdom side and the folly side right the idea of wisdom is You'll do these things and they'll sometimes be hard, but the benefits will, they will bear fruit. Mm. And then in the case of folly, it's like there's a, um, it's like an initially appealing idea, but ultimately they'll lead you to death. Mm. Okay. Now those are very extreme ways of saying things that can in general be true, right? So in this case, the one side of this, I mean, the slack hand causes poverty. Okay. That's on the full side, right? Like if you're not doing... It, it, the slack hand doesn't just mean you're not doing anything. It probably means you're doing things other than work. Yeah. Right. You're playing an excessive amount of video games. I'm probably guilty of that. You're um, you're spending too much time just um, partying and like, or I don't know, doing things that are fun but not necessarily productive. Or, mm. Right. Or not able to <laughs> contribute to your well-being. Yeah. Um, whereas the diligent makes rich. That's clearly on the wisdom side where it's initially doesn't seem like a very fun thing, but it does then open up options and, and enable a more fulfilled life that you're able to support others. You're able to um, benefit in, in further richer things that you're not, don't have access to if you don't do that. It seems to me that with things like discipline, with things like hard work, Mm -hmm. there's, there's that initial hump that you need to get over. There's, there's the flinch that you need to overcome that once you're over the hump, actually things tend to get easier. Yeah. I mean, in this is there's a gold mine of this in the self-help world where you've got things like the pomodoro technique or a whole lot of different things yeah Yeah. but things to help to get you over that initial hump that if you set the timer and you say i'm gonna work for 25 minutes i can do that or um or breaking your work down into um into sections be like okay well i can't write three thousand words of essay today but i could write 250 Mm. that doesn't sound so bad Mm. helps to get over the hump um but I guess linking up with with um, something we were just talking about a moment ago that that over time actually that that it's more than just the the event of doing the work that yeah. that is of worth. It's the the character that's cultivated along the way. That the more um, diligent you are, and the more you practice that, the more diligent you'll become, and the easier it will be to become um, to uh, I guess continue along that trend, um, as opposed to the person who struggles to get out of bed well the longer you stay in bed the harder it's going to be to get out of bed um it's habit formation yeah that's just yeah. it right we don't think of habit we think of habits as like ticks or part of our personality yeah but there are and that sometimes is the case right like oh i i like to eat this kind of chocolate or that kind of chocolate fine sure. okay you do you but then i think the key thing we learn from virtue ethics is that uh, many habits can actually make a good character or a bad character and those are called virtues and vices mm. and habit formation is very different from once in a 
you know, a few years, difficult moral decision you have to make. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a constant building something up or grinding something down. And mm. um, and what's interesting, what you what made, what I thought about there is like you develop a habit in one area of your life and then it impacts other areas of your life, mm. right? So if I'm, I mean, I think of the slack hand cause poverty, not quite in, not quite in that hand. But if I think about slack hands, you know, to me, I have to constantly make a decision like, okay, do I continue playing the game that I'm playing now? Because I play video games quite a lot. Do I continue playing the video game I'm playing now? Or do I go and clean up a part of the house? Or do I go and work on that project that I wanted to be working on? Or do I, you know, X, Y, and Z. And like every day I'm given that choice, Mm -hmm. um, that decision to make. And every day, if I keep making the one choice, like it's going to be easier to make that choice over and over and over again. And then... In in our case, great talking about the um, if I keep putting off the thing that I should be doing, right? I mean, it feeds totally into my not getting up in the out of bed in the morning, mm. right? Even though I'm not like I, I'm making decision of the game thing, but it's the same idea. I'm putting off what I should be doing, getting up and getting ready because Matt's going to be here in like 20 minutes, and I never ready when he's here. <laughs> <laughs> Matt and I live in different time zones, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so. Yeah, you start to see these connections between these different aspects of your life that are all grounded in the same habit that you can feed in all these different ways. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's not to say that playing video games is a bad thing. Yes, that's not to say that sleeping in is necessarily a bad thing. Um, there, but this is exactly the sort of complexity that we're talking about, mm. and, the, and the need for wisdom that we need in thinking about um, the way that we order our lives. Mm. That. Taking a break to play some video games actually could be a very constructive thing. Yeah. Because we can't work all the time. We'll just wear ourselves down. Completely, yeah. Um, but if we then only play video games or play too much, then it it's finding that sort of balance. Mm. Um, I guess same thing with sleep. That that actually, yeah, we live in completely different time zones. The fact that you're a night owl and I'm an early bird, does that matter? No. Yeah, it's it's what works for us. And in fact, I, I heard something recently. I haven't fact checked this, so okay. take this with a pinch of salt. But um, I heard that actually part of that is genetic. That if you're genetically wired to be an early bird, that's you. And you got people who are just not wired that way, and they can push. They can set all the alarms. Um, they can drink all the coffee. They can do all the things to try and make themselves get up early they're not going to be able to do it in any sort of convincing way because they're just not wired that way. Um, and being, you know, being in touch with your, your, your body's rhythms and listening to your body actually sounds like a very positive thing. Yeah. Um, so recognizing that there's difference, that wisdom, discipline, um, productiveness doesn't look like the um, just do it, 5 a.m. start, um, million dollar morning, whatever, mm-hmm. that all the self-help books want to recommend actually... It looks like paying attention to the sort of balance that would that will lead to the right forming the right sort of habits. This reminds what you said there, because because it, it is it's a function of your circumstance, it's a function of where you are. It's a very relative are. thing. Very relative thing, yeah. Even though there's like directions that are good for you to go in, mm. and, and that's true of everyone. The, where exactly you land will be relative to a whole bunch of factors. That yeah, yeah. And it reminds me of this example from Aristotle where he talks. He's talking about courage. So he says, you know, courage is this mean between um, foolhardiness and um, cowardice, mm. right? So either you're, you just go for the dangerous thing and you don't think about it, you're an idiot and you're foolhardy, um, or you're just 
terrified of the thing and, and that prevents you from overcoming it and, and achieving good things. Hmm. And he's like, well, courage looks like a very, like what courage actually looks like will be very different for like a wrestler and a scrawny person, hmm. right? Like in the, if you just think of it in the case of a mugging or something, right? Or someone wants to like threaten you or something. Yeah. Like, well, if you're a professional wrestler, you could probably push back Maybe a lot more. Yeah, but if you're a scrawny guy, don't fight back. He's gonna he's gonna beat you up. Like, mm. give him your money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, and there, there's a different. Yeah, it, it 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 that was a really interesting example he gave. Where I was like, oh yeah, that's true. Like it, yeah. it's more complicated than one size fits all, which is again a trap we fall into if we think about in reality in terms of black and white. Mm. We want to say one size fits all. Yeah, yeah. This is what courage looks like for everybody. Um, there's actually there's another example that. Yeah. On the face of it, looks like a very straightforward. Well, obviously, don't do the thing. Yeah. But on upon a bit of you know, with a bit more reflection, I think we can see that actually there's a bit more going on. So, Proverbs twenty six eighteen nineteen, like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death, is one who deceives their neighbor and says, "I was only joking." Wow. Read that again. Like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death, is one who deceives their neighbor and says. I was only joking. Bro, is he is he gaslighting his neighbor? <laughs> is that what's happening there? <laughs> well, I mean, you can think of so many examples of this where, where somebody is like, like, I don't know, they they say something and they just backtrack. No, I was only joking. Yeah, totally. They, they insult uh, you and they're like, oh, no, yeah. it's only joking. Yeah, um, they realize that they've gone too far. And rather than own it and acknowledge the mistake and grow from it, yeah. they're just like, no, no, no. You know, they're afraid to own it. And yeah, not I wasn't to... being serious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow, um, it's such a such a hectic image, though. But, but I mean... <laughs> Flaming arrows of death. Love it. Um, I, know, I know somebody who, who made their kid memorize this proper. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, okay. But Actually, it's, more it, people should do that. It's true, isn't it? Because if, like... You actually double down on the hurt that you give to someone if you do that, right? Yeah. So you hurt them initially with the, the flaming arrows. Mm. And then you say, oh, I'm only joking. So then now you're making them feel like they were just being too sensitive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Whereas like... They couldn't take a joke. Yeah. Whereas, they were perceptive enough to see the humor. 100%. Yeah. Whereas if you think... If you think about how different it would be if you owned up to it and it was like, oh, no, I'm sorry. Like, that was uncalled for. Okay. I you know? crossed the line there. Then like... You're, you're you're owning some of the pain. Okay, great. And then also you're showing that you respect them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's crazy to think about that. And that's a small thing, isn't it? I mean, friends joke between themselves all the time. And, and like, you're, you're bound to cross the line somewhere, right? Like, it's going to happen. And I guess that's part of the relative nature of it, that this verse is not saying that joking is bad. Yes. Humor is fine. And... Yeah. There, there's a level at which we can sort of take a dig at each other and it can be okay. Yeah. Um, that a level where it doesn't cross a line and that's completely fine. Um, but then again, the the being real to, you know, own up to it when when you have crossed the line. Or, yeah. Or to or to better have the perceptive perceptiveness or the wherewithal to know not to cross the line to begin with. Yes. To know, okay, well jokes up until this point and i don't make that extra comment i don't make you the butt of that of that joke um i don't say it in front of those people 
whatever the situation demands. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, yeah, man. And like, the thing is, it's interesting because I think we we kind of, we know this yeah. to some extent, right? Like, you yeah. know that even though it's not black and white, like, you can really hurt your friend's feelings if you do this thing. Mm. And like, if you do that repeatedly, like, you're just not a good person. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So let's, let's tie this up a little bit here. So we're saying morality is... The reason that we struggle to read Proverbs with an ethical lens, with a, a way for it to influence our lives, is because we tend to think about morality these days in terms of black and white, and Proverbs are very much living in the gray. Right, yeah. And possibly even take that further, the reason that we don't tend to pay attention to Proverbs is because in trying to think about w- w- what it looks like to live uprightly as God's people, these just seem too general to to mean enough. Yes. Okay. But if we broaden our horizons a bit, if we let the biblical text speak for itself, and we recognize that wisdom isn't speaking to a non-moral class of action, yeah. it's speaking to, it's just envisaging a much broader uh, vision of morality than what we are prone to think of these days, uh, then we can see that it speaks to things. But then we also need to change the way that we approach ethics, yeah. right? So instead of thinking about this or that action we think about well how do the small choices in our life contribute to our character mm. instead of waiting for a big obvious moral decision we take a constant check of our character and be like am i growing in the habits that i think are good or bad right like you don't have to do that every decision but it's like what well, am i just not being very nice to my friends am i like or you know or am i um is it okay that I'm waking up this late? Like, should I be working on those things and, and reflecting on those things? And then once we're in that kind of mindset, then coming to Proverbs and having it speak to us in terms of the categories of wisdom and folly um, that it's already set up and then looking at these mundane things, it can help us in that reflection and that meditation. Hmm. Flip? Yeah, no, I think so. So we can come to this book and um, and we should come to this book and really soak it in because it speaks to and because it'll help us to think about those sort of mundane areas of life that matter a hang of a lot more than we might initially suppose. Great. I think we're going to end it there. Leave it there. Um, so we're going to continue going through these. Uh, I'm not sure. We're not entirely sure how we're going to go through them yet. Yeah. Well, in future episodes, um, as we kind of walk through here, there'll, there'll be a few ways that we'll come at this. But what we're really wanting to do is just with that grounding in place, to say that this matters for how we live mm. and that we need to pay attention to this. Okay, well then how do we read it effectively to have for it to have the most impact on shaping us as moral agents? Yeah, yeah, I think it's worth pointing out that- How do we read this? Yeah, our, our point is, our aim here is not to go through everything. Mm. We're gonna give you the tools that enable you to read these yourself. So yeah. as you, I I think we'll, we'll try our best, but we'll encourage you to keep reading the proverbs sit down um one day a week and just read two chapters of the proverbs or just pick a proverb out too yeah. and just think about the ways that it could be uh general and generalized and uh, how it could speak to your character even if it's not directly you know the 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 exact concrete circumstances and speaking isn't directly applicable to you right now yeah cool well that's where we're gonna end it um thanks for listening to the episode again if you're uh listening on any of the platforms you can subscribe to the podcast and we'd really appreciate it if you're on youtube hit that notification bell so you know when we upload a new episode 
And if you're listening on any other podcast platform, it would really help to give us a good rating and it would help other people find out about it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next one.